from the Rams studio, connected by AT&T, welcome to Between the Horns. It is February 7th, 2018, about 11.15 a.m. Pacific time. I'm Miles Simmons. I've got DeMarco Farr to my right. Uh, our producer, Matt, is behind the camera as well. It is good to be back in the studio, DeMarco. Yeah. Are we TV or radio right now? Both? Can we just do radio? I want to lean. You want to lean? I want to lean. The people, I don't, I don't no, want to be on TV. Here's the thing. People like watching this. Yeah. And I, I'm oh. not necessarily sure why. Well, it's funny. I mean, like, it's my face. I don't, wouldn't want to watch my face. Well, he said it's 11.15. You know why it's 11.15? Because we're just fiddling with the chairs. So are we on TV <laughs> or radio? My goodness. If this is radio, let's just get started. Well, it's not just radio. Oh, dang People it. like watching the, the, the podcast on the Rams.com oh. or on the Rams mobile okay. app. I'm going to pretend like I'm on radio right now. All right, okay, that's go fine. Ahead. Yeah. It makes it more interesting. You can't just face... <laughs> Kidding. What are we anyway, doing? I'm just, are messing we doing with, just messing with you, Miles. It's um, been a long time. It has been a while. Uh, how has the beginning of the offseason been? Oh, well, um, the Super Bowl was fantastic. That was stunning. Yeah, the I had Super a great Bowl time. Was stunning. I had a great time watching it. Um, it was good to see former Ram Nick Foles play like an ice cold assassin. Yeah. Uh, the, the experience wasn't too big for him. It wasn't. Um, and then he outdueled, well, almost outdueled Tom Brady. He beat. The, the Patriots. Yes. The Eagles won the Super Bowl, but you can't really say that he outdueled Tom Brady. No, but the, the, the Eagles defense made the play that they had to yeah. make in order to win that game. Yeah, and yeah. I'm still really stunned that with in that situation, right, they gave Brady, I think, 2.20 left, yeah. one timeout plus a two-minute warning. I, I said to myself, okay, it's over. Well, right. We've, this is, we've seen this. <laughs> yeah. Like, in my mind, I was thinking, wow, this is going to be how Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, in theory, might ride off into the sunset. Oh, my God. One last time. I was thinking that. One like, last two-minute drive in the Super Bowl. Sports writer. See, you're a writer. What could you come up with for that scenario? I bet the last thing on your mind was strip sack. Yes, it was. <laughs> right. That was absolutely the last thing <laughs> right. on my mind. Right. I, you know, I was watching it at, at a buddy's house, and, like, I stood up and I was like, oh my God, yeah, yeah. oh my God, Hell like of a the play. Eagles just won. Well, you made them human. Um, yeah. Look, all quarterbacks are susceptible to one thing, pressure. Mm -hmm. uh, when, when the pass rush gets to them before they're ready, there's almost nothing they can do, including Tom Brady. Yeah. So it was a hell of a play by the Eagles to get the ball out. But offensively speaking, I mean, that was about as aggressive a, a game plan from both sides as you're going to see in mm -hmm. a Super Bowl. Um, and that's a nice way of saying there was no defense being played at all. In right, that game. but it's like it, it's not to say that it, it's weird because yeah. you, you feel like there was no defense because yeah. like that was the most yards of any regular or postseason game in NFL history, which yeah. is ridiculous. You gave up 500 yards passing and won. Yes. Yeah. When you, when would you ever see that again? I never. <laughs> right. I, nobody has ever had that kind of stat right. line and and lost a game yeah. before Tom Brady just did on Sunday, but. At the same time, it's like, I don't feel like the Patriots lost that game, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? I feel like the Eagles really won that game. Yeah. And that the Eagles are definitively the best team in football for the 2017 season. I, I, I was had a mini argument on the way out of the casino when I was watching the game. Mm -hmm. um, I said, yeah, and it came down to the last play again. Fantastic. And the guy said, what do you mean last play? I said, well, the last play... Brady threw it into the end zone, or as close as he could get it. Yeah. It bounced off Gronk's head. Yes. That came down to the last play. That's yes. the way Super Bowls should be played. Of course, this is an Eagle fan. Oh, we had him. We dominated him. That was just a nothing play. The percentages on that play. I don't care. The last play, the ball was in the end zone. 
And, also, and yeah, look it, at the score, right? And you've got Gronkowski, yeah, who is you know bigger than everybody, right? And is a matchup problem for everybody, right? That if you're going to throw a hail mary to somebody, throw you might as well guy. throw it to that guy. I'm so glad they swallowed the whistles on that play too. Yeah, it's, well, that's let them wrestle it out. As long as it's nothing egregious, like a face mask, I'm yanking the face mask yeah. or ripping the guy down. I mean, there's. There's going to be some contact on that sort of play. I'm glad they let him play. Everybody was going for the ball. Right. And I think that that was pretty clear on that last play. I want that shot just for my own personal, like, little memory bank. Really? I want the, I do. I mean, Gronk surrounded by, like, five eagles with, with the game on the line. Yeah. Just to see all those guys with all those eyes pointed towards one football. Yeah. I mean, that's the stuff I love about ball right there. It was, it was yeah. a really, really great game. And, you know, it was something it, – it's the kind of game that you're really going to remember because yeah. that was perhaps the, one of the best Super Bowls ever. Well, I mean, this is funny, man. Um, <laughs> apropos whatever you want to say, the same play that Brady missed is the one that Nick Foles scores on. Yes. Yeah. And you never see the Patriots make mistakes like that. You really don't. Yeah. I mean – Crucial situations, it was run properly, executed it, uh, executed almost perfectly. Brady just couldn't grab it and run with it. Yeah. And then Foles hits it for a touchdown. So, I mean, I know a lot of people are on top of Tony Dungy right now, but maybe he's on to something about <laughs> Nick Foles. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, Chazelle also said it a couple years ago, my husband cannot throw and catch the ball at the same time. So... See, there they go she again. She was right. <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot about that quote. <laughs> yeah. Wow, it lives forever. It oh sure does. Oh, my God. You can't oh. get rid of anything, especially in the age oh, of social Oh, is that going to be on YouTube now as a meme? I hope so. <laughs> wow. But memes aren't usually on YouTube. Oh, now. whatever. Stop memes it. Memes are more for Twitter See, and Instagram. See, there he goes again. Now yeah. he, goes to the, he goes young guy on me. Well, anyway, you know what I meant. You were just being a little old there. I was not being old. Anyway, anyway so NFL you. Honors was also the day yeah. before uh, the Super Bowl, and Matt and I were there. We were helping cover that. Yeah. Um, it was really cool and cold as well. It was minus seven degrees when I got off the plane in Minneapolis wow. on Friday. But it was really good to see the Rams do something that no other team has ever accomplished before, and that is when AP Coach of the Year and Sean McVay, AP Offensive Player of the Year in Todd Gurley, and AP Defensive Player of the Year wow. in Aaron Donald. I mean, that just makes the whole end of the year hurt more. Yeah. You know what? And it's funny because yeah. Sean McVay even said yeah, that, yeah. you know, like you're you're here and you get these awards, but it's bittersweet because and he goes, you can't help but think about the way the season ended in that game versus Atlanta. And he's talking about, you know, you think about things you could have done better and yeah. all of that. But yeah, it, it, it's interesting. That's like uh, when they used to talk about elite quarterbacks and they used to say the most prolific regular season quarterback of all time. Peyton Manning, that's true. It kind of gets close-ended, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not the greatest quarterback of all time. Regular season. Just this part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, that's great. I mean, there's something to build on there. Definitely going into this year is better than going into a season ago. Right. Yeah, with with everything that went on there. So, this there's a lot to build on here, a lot to be happy with. So, you know, the hardware is always great. But, like you said, when you have things like that that happen that's never happened and you see when you exited – the playoffs. Yes. It just kind of stings a little bit. Yeah, 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 I think that's true. And not only was it the first time that all three awards went to the same team, but it was only the second time that Offensive Player of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year came from the same team. I think the last time that happened, the only other time that happened, I should say, uh, was in 2003, Ray Lewis was Defensive Player of the Year and Jamal Lewis was Offensive Player of the Year for the 2003 Baltimore Ravens. 2003. Where did they finish in the playoffs? They, well, I don't know off the top of That's my head. That's funny. We should look that up. Yeah. I, look, how did the 03 Ravens do 
with with a defensive player of the year and an offensive player of the Obviously, year. Obviously, they weren't in the Super Bowl. The, the yeah. Patriots won that year. I think that yeah, yeah. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they that's knock... the year they beat the Panthers okay. in the Super Bowl, 2003. I wonder if New England knocked them out in the play. I don't remember. We'll find out. Yeah. 2003 was the uh, one. While I'm looking this up, when was the last time uh, the same team had offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year? The Rams. No. I thought it was Donald and... Donald was a year before Todd Gurley. Oh, my bad. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that was consecutive years. Okay. Yeah, but that's true. I don't remember that one. Somebody, uh, obviously the Jeez. Saints had Alvin Kamara and also Marshawn Lattimore. So you talk about wow. things to build on. They've, yeah, they've yeah. also got something going down there um, uh, in the NFC South there with the Saints. If they actually get things sewed up with Drew Brees, they're going to be right back in the mix. Oh, there's no way that Drew Brees is going anywhere. There's no way Josh McDaniel's not going to be the coach of the Colts. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm just saying. Come on now. Yeah. I think that's Malcolm I think... Butler doesn't play a snap on defense in the Super Bowl. Look, anything can happen in this league. You're right, but I think those are very, very different situations. You got something, Matt? The 2003 Baltimore Ravens lost in the wild card round to the Tennessee Titans. Really? Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I would not have guessed that. Wow. Can you tell me one more thing? Hit me. Who was at quarterback uh... for the Ravens in 03? Must have well, they lost to the Steve McNair-led Tennessee yeah, Titans. Right. I got so. that part. Yeah, that must have been Kyle Bowler. Ooh, that Unless sounds. Unless that was Trent Dilfer okay. still. So you had, so you had the offensive player of the year and the defensive player of the year, and Kyle you, Bowler. Yeah. Kyle Bowler. Well, and you had what was either a rookie or second-year quarterback at that point. I don't know what else to tell you, man. <laughs> That's so interesting to me. Like, wow. there are a lot of parallels between, apparently, between the 2003 Ravens and the 2017 Los Angeles Rams. It's football, man. It happens. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. That's where yeah. it goes. Hmm. Anyway, I don't know how we got there. Todd Heap probably would have been the leading receiver on that team, too. I don't have that fact yeah. checked. But I'm looking yes. at the, this list of wide receivers, and I'm thinking Todd Heap's going to be the Something else. The I, was, I was thinking about that on the way over. What could, I, what could you give Jared Goff to make him better? And it's probably that. That kind of big tight end Big play that, tight end guy that you could, you know, jam the football to, you know, 90 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big first down producer. Yes. A, a touchdown producing tight end. One of those type guys. So, thinking about the room improving. Those two guys, Higby, Gerald Everett, getting better. Yes. Yeah. Helping Jared Goff become better. Right. And that's actually something McVay mentioned um, toward the, well, at the end of the season. I think it was his end of the season press conference, saying that the Rams were in 11 personnel a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And they want to get a little bit more into some 12 and you know, the other other personnel groupings, so where you have two tight ends and things are a little bit different. And I, gosh, I, I'm going to write something about this eventually, probably around the combine when we get a chance to talk to McVay a little bit more. But I looked it up, and I don't have the percentages in front of me. But the Rams were among the top in the league in 11 personnel. Yeah. And 11 personnel, so that's one running back, one tight end. That is, in three wide receivers, that's the most common um, yeah. personnel grouping now in the NFL. I mean, your average team, I want to say, is about 60, 65%, three if wides. not more than that, yeah, yeah. at three wides, which is why then you say, okay, nickel is more or less base personnel for a defense. Okay, but the Rams were very, very, very heavy in 11 personnel, and I want to say it was in the mid-70s, I, and they were toward the top of the league. With Cup, no doubt. Yes. Yeah, and, and he was your third down guy, but a part of that 11 personnel is that tight end, also has to be a receiving threat, right? For for eleven to really take off, I, I wonder. I bet in eleven, I bet Todd Gurley and Cooper Cup really benefit. Robert Woods too. 
out of that 11 personnel. Mm -hmm. But the one spot you need to improve on to make that 11 deadly is just that one tight end spot. Yes. Uh, he has got to be a credible threat Absolutely. all the time. And yeah. that's that, that's something that I think the Rams are definitely going oh, to yeah. address over the course of this offseason, whether it's free agency, through the draft, maybe even a trade. Obviously, we saw cattle prod? some of that. that cattle work, prod. Cattle prod. That works, too. <laughs> Jeez, get, you got to get more out of these guys. Come on. Jeez, yeah, that's, that's also – look, the DBs. Uh, we give credit to the names on the back of the jerseys for playing well. The Rams secondary, right? Yes. Give credit to the coaching staff. Yes, Give credit no, to Aubrey yes. Pleasant for getting the most out of what he had in his room. Yeah. They all played well. Um, outside of Kayvon Webster, I, I was looking up some LaMarcus Joyner stats, not the tackles and the, the picks. I was looking up penalties. The guy was flagged one time all year, mm -hmm. and he's involved in every single play. That, to me, is great play and great coaching. Yeah. They were all prepared. So tight ends, sometimes you need a cattle prod. I'm just saying you got to get them started, get them going in the right direction. Well, what's interesting, I mean, you, you mentioned guys that are involved in every single play. I yeah. mean, Aaron Donald winning Defensive Player of the Year, yeah. he does really affect every single play. Oh my Why God. were you mad at me? You, we were arguing on the phone slightly, or were we texting? Or was I talking to you? What, last week when we were talking? Yeah, we were talking about Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, and we were. What was my response? I don't remember exactly what I said, but I was wrong because I didn't think that Aaron Donald would win Defensive Player of the Year. I, I, I thought, honestly, I yeah, thought that it would Calais be somebody Campbell. like Calais Campbell, yes, yeah. who had a good year. Well, my thought was it's, it's a no-brainer. Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in the game, period, end of story. I know that. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. But we're not the ones voting. Okay, well, I, so look, that was, and yeah. I, maybe I didn't say it when we were having this conversation, which is funny that we are now relaying this on a podcast. No, it was, a, like, it was no, a great conversation. It was. Yeah. I almost wish it had been recorded. Calais had a great story. Yeah. I mean, Jacksonville's resurgence, his 14 sacks. Yes. It looks great, the story of it. But when you remove the sound, get yourself in a room and go play by play, like frame by frame, yes. each guy, it's obvious. It's 99. Right. Yeah. No. Over Everybody. Uh, and, I, and it's one of the reasons why I kind of wish that the Rams had gone further in the playoffs so yeah. that people could have seen what this guy is doing oh, on yeah. a play-to-play -play basis. Ooh, yeah. I mean, just you look at what he was doing against Atlanta. I mean, he was throwing guards around. He was in the yeah. backfield. He was affecting play after play. Now, Atlanta obviously did a good enough job to win that game and combat what he was doing. But at the same time, you, you look at his dominance – it, it, it's so clear yeah. when you watch him play to play to play, you know? What but, I, but, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll cut you off, sorry, before no, go you go on. But why I sort of didn't think he would win is yeah. because he had 11 sacks. Now, it's an interior lineman getting yeah. 11 sacks is a lot. That's a lot of sacks, especially doing it in only 14 games. But not everybody is watching Aaron Donald on that week-to-week -week basis. True. And, and I mean, if look. If you got 50 yeah. AP voters... I wasn't sure that they would reward Aaron Donald for that type of season. And if you want to just write the story, the headlines, I mean, then give it to Calais. And you could say he deserves it after years of service in Arizona and the year he's having. Uh, the guy hasn't slowed down a bit. Right. And 14, I think, is his high watermark. Uh, it's one of, I, I can't remember. In year 10. Sorry. I mean, that's a fantastic year on a great football team. Yeah. That. Could have been in the Super Bowl, if not for a few plays here or there versus New England. Yes. So I get that. But I'm just talking on a play-to-play -play basis, hands down. Oh. There, there is no debate. Absolutely. Yeah, the guy's a menace. We were talking about 11 personnel, right? Yeah. If you're a team that's relying on 11 personnel to win games on offense, you got problems facing him. 
because you can't help out your guards in 11. Right. That's one-on-one. -on -one. Um, what I was told facing Aaron Donald, this is what it's like. And I've never seen a guy out of the gate this hot. And I think there's going to be, I think he's at 39 sacks right now. Something like career. that. In four seasons? This guy, what was it? I think it was eight his rookie year, yeah. 11 sophomore year, eight, um, he's not a college player, but eight, three, yeah. and then 11 in year four. I did not get there's going to so be that sounds like 39. There's going to be 50 more sacks to that total before he starts to slow down. Hmm. Yeah, I think he's just hitting his run of dominance. Um, and think about this. Aaron Donald coming out of college, this is four years in. He's now a full-grown man. Mm -hmm. athletically developed yeah. and after four years the league's going to change over it's inevitable yes. so some of these kids coming out are now going to have to face him for the next four years until they learn how to play if they're good enough to stick around that's the scary thing for him so I don't think there was ever a question who should win defensive player of the year but I love the story coming out of Jacksonville that was kind of the argument there right yeah I think it's interesting that point you bring up about the changeover yeah, in the yeah. league you know the four year contracts it's it's a thing he's going to start seeing younger guys and if you're facing a fully developed Aaron Donald oh god <laughs> yeah look out <laughs> right you know think about it a poor, a poor rookie guard trying to go up against this guy who's got this much experience and has done what he's done that that oh, cannot yeah. be easy oh no 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 it's it's funny, man, when you see him, and it's usually out of 11 because it's spread out. Yeah. And this team will ask this guard to block Aaron Donald one-on-one, -on -one, right? And he does it. I'm not saying Aaron wins every pass rush. Right. He wins the majority, but not every single one. Guy has a good set, stones Aaron Donald. He's great. This guy is so fired up. Yeah. I mean, he's so happy that he finally kept Aaron Donald off the quarterback. You could see his O-line pals kind of like, he's coming back the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Relax. <laughs> and just, then towards the end of the game, picking that guy up. Look, he does it to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, just that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, we, we'll get him next time. Right. Yeah, it's just funny. Anyway, how did we get off on that? I don't know. Yeah. We got off on a defensive lot of Defensive player of the year. Yeah. Was, yeah, but yeah. he was defensive player of the year. But um, one of the fun things about NFL honors is that you had this red carpet. Yeah. And, like, so that was my first red carpet experience. And Matt and I had, like, we had to – we were trying to interview all the guys that were coming through, right? So, you know, we get McVay. We get Aaron Donald, um, we get Todd and Jared as nice. well. But it's just funny how like they they keep coming through. And Matt, what do you want to say? I have breaking news here on Between the Horns. Oh no! Oh, what is it good? Russell Wilson has been traded from the Texas Rangers to the New York Yankees. Oh, I hate you! Oh, <laughs> I was gonna. Say, oh my like, God! I was about to jump for joy. Oh, like, what? That hurts. Okay. Wow. I, 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 wow. I was going to like, that's really funny, man. Because I was going to be like, wait, oh did you see a blue check? God. Who, what blue wow. check? Is, is that almost Schefter? mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what it was. Oh, we're talking about the red carpet. I need some water. Yeah. 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 yeah wow. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Russell Wilson traded. Wow. Um. Yeah, it's big news for the Yankees. They're making a lot of trades this uh, this Interesting. Aren't okay. They? Got yeah. John Carlos Stanton. Good now, for them. Um, <laughs> now Russell, Russell, Wilson. and they got a quarterback now. Yeah. yeah. So they've got a quarterback, so they could do it. Um, but yeah, look, the what was interesting about Minnesota as an experience was 
how cold it was. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I am from Cleveland. I'm not like a hater of cold places. Yeah, yeah. But it's just interesting, you know, like even when we're in Indianapolis for the combine, sometimes it's just a little too cold to start doing things. But the worst was, so Matt and I are done covering honors. We're trying to get back because we haven't really eaten all day. Mm -hmm. And like, that's our own fault, whatever. But we get into the car with an Uber driver and the Uber, it like there's snow on the ground, whatnot. So the Uber driver starts going. Initially on the app, it says 20 minutes. I'm thinking maybe it'll be 30 because there's snow on the ground. I want the guy to drive carefully, fine. So he ends up taking a left turn onto a wrong highway <laughs> instead of going right and just going around. It's like a straight shot from where we were at okay. on Minnesota's, uh, University of Minnesota's campus back to our hotel. Yeah, right? yeah. So this guy, and it ends up taking us an hour to get back to the hotel. And Miles didn't say a word. <laughs> that was the most you surprising thing. No, I was I was expecting a hangry Miles to just lay into this poor Uber driver. I was really hangry. And he said, "Oh, yeah." The Uber driver goes, "Oh, I made a wrong turn." I was like, "Cause I like you know Matt and I are sitting wow. there, so I like a texted Matt. I was like, this 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 guy. <laughs> I'll use the word this, I said. This guy. I don't think I, I didn't say guy. <laughs> so this guy." <laughs> Just made a wrong turn. I'm so and glad you held that lives. in. Yeah. <laughs> I was right there. I was like cycling, like, oh. what can I say on this podcast <laughs> that I said? And wow. I didn't say guy, but uh, this guy. Okay. Yeah. Wrong way on a highway. Yes. There's cars coming at you? No, 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 oh, no, 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 okay. no, no, no. I'm saying he made a wrong turn so oh. that he went to a different highway than we were supposed to Oh, a to different be. highway. I thought you yes. went one way. Oh, So basically, oh. he, like, took us three miles out of the way, but it's snowing, and so then he gets off the highway, has to go back up. And go back north to where we need to be. And it just, yeah, it was not. Did that cost you money? No, because I gave yeah. them one star and then I reported the trip. And then oh. they gave me a refund. Oh, good. Okay, that's going awesome. Out and we celebrated by stuffing our face at Cheesecake Factory. Good for then, you. Yes. All right. Yeah, angel hair pasta with shrimp. It was actually quite good. It See? Was just what the doctor ordered. Look for positive and negative. Yes. I like that. Yes. Yes, exactly. Tyler um, Durden. <laughs> You'll find out what that is. Anyway, I know what that is, what actually. Is, what is Tyler Durden? It's um, Fight Club. Okay, good. I like Fight Club. Uh, sure. Oh, I'm sorry. The we can't say Fight Club? The first, <laughs> rule, oh. the first rule of Fight Club. <laughs> That's if you're in Fight Club. We're talking about the movie Fight Club. Anyway, well, yeah. go ahead. Look um, at me. I'm a member. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, the other thing I kind of want to talk about that came out of Minnesota is Hall of Fame. And so yeah. this is why I called you oh, last week, yeah, because yeah. we were talking about Isaac Bruce and possibly going into the Hall of Fame, and obviously that's your teammate, and I can tell from your face that you are disappointed that it wasn't this year for Bruce. Well, I, I, I guess trash talking has its benefits. Being a complete and total toothache and uh, just a problem to your own team has its benefits. Terrell Owens is I'm not just him. All of them. one of the best wide receivers of all. And so is so Isaac you're going Bruce. for Randy Moss too. You know what? I feel bad, Isaac. Then I, I helped. Um, I, I should have told him to speak up, be more flamboyant, throw a ball at a coach. You know, do something stupid like the other receivers do. You know, instead of just focusing on winning. <laughs> I mean, I'm just it's, saying. Just focusing on doing your job better than everyone else. Winning games and winning a Super Bowl. I guess I was wrong. He was wrong. We're doing it wrong. I guess you have to be loud, flamboyant, and a jerk to get in first. Okay. 
<laughs> Maybe you do. I don't know. But, I mean, like, Randy Moss is a first ballot guy. Terrell Owens is not a first ballot guy, and that was a I, big storyline. Okay, I'm not getting in the first ballot, second ballot, third ballot. I'm just talking about the guys who are up there. There's right. no way you can say that these guys are better than that guy. You just can't. I I don't I want to be clear. I'm not saying that Isaac Bruce does not deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I believe that he should be in the Hall of Fame. Clearly, he had a Hall of Fame career, and I think if there is, I don't want to say justice because that's a weird word to use in this situation. But like, I think he has earned the right to be a Hall of Famer in this next Hall of Fame class in 2019. I, I really fair do. enough. Uh, and you fair know, enough. there's an argument. There's certainly the argument to be made that he should have been a part of this class. But no doubt, he, he is not. And so now that is well, just the situation. Um, the voting, the process, right? Mm-hmm. And we always point to the process. Sometimes it really underscores that they're not in the locker room. Right. All the time. Right. With those same players and what those players do to their own team. Yes. Yeah. And that was the point that you made when we were on the phone last week. Yes. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> talking to DeMarco about these kinds of things because it just no I just I mean look they all deserve to be in I just it's it's the way you have to wait to get guys in and I mean there and because there are only five modern era guys that can go in in one particular year it's elite it's elite company and you have to wait your turn sometimes yeah and this really this is a great class of modern era hall of famers I mean you've got Brian Dawkins Ray Lewis Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, and Brian Urlacher. All deserving. Absolutely. Yes. So that's the other thing. It's like, okay, well, you want to put one guy in. Well, who would you take out? I don't know that you can really take out one of those guys, you know? I'm with you. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, I've played against those two receivers. Yeah. I played with this one. Yeah. Um, he was every bit as scary as they were. Yes. And... He was the reason we were winning games for the most part. Yeah. For even when we shouldn't win games, it, he was the reason. So maybe I'm a little bit biased. Maybe you are, but I yeah. think it's also, like, like I said, if you look at the numbers and you look at and you know what Isaac Bruce did, there, I don't, I mean, there's certainly this guy should be a Hall of Famer. No doubt. You know, his at number some point. 80 is retired um, for the Rams for a reason. What's yes. your favorite? The Uber driver went the wrong way on the freeway <laughs> with this vote. Yeah. <laughs> But you got to where, and you had, like you said, you had pasta. Everything works out at some point. Yeah. At some point, we'll be partying in Canton with Isaac. Yes. 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 I think some some point soon. Um, so you got, you and Matt also were at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. While I was at the Pro Bowl. What was your yes. favorite thing from the Senior Bowl? Oh man, um, just watching the 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 youngsters uh, compete. The youngsters. Yeah. The the kids How coming out of college. You? I mean, just watching these young guys compete. Well, we were actually on a plane with Baker Mayfield. Right, I heard that. Um, so, I was sizing him up. Just <laughs> seriously, oh, come on. No, sizing oh, him you're up. Not, you're not making a a, a height joke because that's kind of what that sounds. No, like. I wanted to see how tall he really. He really is. just looks like a normal average guy. Yeah. He looks like a normal bystander getting on a plane. Yeah. I wanted to see like what he was like in person, up close and personal. You know how he handled everything. Mm-hmm. You know, just little things when people weren't watching him. Yeah. Let me see how he handled that. I mean. Yeah, and to see that guy get off the plane, and then we, we went and got something to eat and just, you know, tried to figure out where we were supposed to be because we got delayed. Right. But he went right from the plane right to the practice field, mm-hmm. you know, and looked like he'd been there since it started. Uh, the guy is obviously a competitor. I was just trying to see how big and how tall he really is. Yeah. Um, I'm six one, and we're on that little tiny plane. Yes. So I'm judging my roof space to him. <laughs> yes. You know? 
He may be my, I think he's my height, maybe a little bit taller. About six foot, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He, he measured in, I think it's six foot and three eighths or yeah. something like that. I, I necessarily couldn't see over the top of his head, but, you know, I could see over the top of his head. <laughs> <laughs> but that's always interesting, you know, when you have a quarterback who is maybe a little on the shorter side. Yeah. How do they find those passing lanes? Guys like Drew Brees, guys like Russell Wilson, they have to find those passing lanes in order to excel and be a good quarterback. You know well, I mean? you know, for guys like Breeze, it's funny. When you look at his numbers, the interception numbers especially, uh, sometimes he's really on, sometimes he throws 20 picks in a year. Mm. He's throwing the spots. That's yes. why they do that all that off-season work when he's doing the, the route trees yes. nonstop because yes. that's where he's throwing. It may be he doesn't necessarily see that receiver. That's where you're going to be and that's where the ball's going to be. Uh, if there's a mistake, then they get it. But you could be that sort of quarterback, or you could be like Russell Wilson. Move to find space to throw the ball. Yeah. I think that's the guy he's going to be. Mm. A move to, to buy like time and, and to let things open up to be more of a jazz session quarterback yeah. than more of a Drew Brees. More of a jazz session quarterback. I've heard that term a couple times. I like that term. Yeah. I mean, they, they say the beauty in improvising. Yeah. The beauty of jazz is in the mistakes. Right. There are no mistakes. <laughs> it's just music. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so who else impressed you down, down there at the Singer Bowl? Uh, the interior guys were, were beasts. And, you know, bringing up names right now, I mean, it's hard because we're I, just I getting know. to know them. But yeah. the interior guys, uh, there are some studs out there at defensive tackle. So when you think of maybe guys that you're looking for the next Aaron Donald, maybe that doesn't exist there. But, you know, the next one technique, the next nose tackle, definitely in that group. Right. I mean, there's some wide-body, strong guys that refuse to be moved. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the, the left tackles that we saw, very fleet-footed. Uh, and they all, they're starting to change. The NFL as a whole is starting to change. Uh, you don't see a lot of big, heavy stomach guys or big uh, uh, upper-body types and, and, and big lower-body types. It's like these big arms, small chest, skinny legs, and they all can move. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's the new NFL tackle. At least that's what's coming out. That's well, what we I, saw there. I think that's part of the the evolution of the college game too, right? You yeah. Know, like you're not necessarily asking guys to play in power offenses where you're just pushing guys back. You know, you have, you're pulling guards and, and doing things like that. Yeah. I, so I, maybe that has something to do with it. Well, I mean, like uh, here, th there was a transition here from one staff to the next, to where it was all about brute strength and power into above the neck. Yes. Above the net got you into the postseason. Yes. So I, I think that's the way everyone's going now. Yeah. Uh, less of a physical presence, more of this guy's very, very cerebral with his, with his football. The, the one thing I always think is kind of interesting about the, the Senior Bowl is that – the, the entire process is kind of a job interview. Mm -hmm. Same with the Combine in, in many ways. But you're, as a player – you're going in there and you're playing a system you don't know for coaches you just met. Oh, yeah. How awkward is that? Sucks, man. I mean, it's what you've been playing in college is one thing. Where they let you play and where you're more effective is one thing. Okay, now when you're moving into the next level, they're going to say, well, I think you project at this spot. Right. Even though you've never played there. So let's put you out at defensive end. Let's put you back at safety. Mm -hmm. Let's put you out over here. So... You don't have a choice in where you're playing right off the bat. It's it's up to them. This is why they're choosing you for this spot. Now, depending on how you develop and how you play, I mean, you may be able to get back to what you, doing what you do best. Look at LaMarcus Joyner. Mm -hmm. One group had him as a slot defender. This group had him as free safety. That's where he wants to be. Right. But you have to weather that storm to get there. Yeah. 
And that can be a tough part. Well, yeah. I mean, some guys can't handle it mentally. Mm -hmm. um, this is funny. Just going back to defensive linemen um, for a senior bowl, what we saw. Uh, talking to the, some of these kids, you know, just relax, play ball, or relax and what's wrong? Why are you so frustrated? Well, they won't let me rush from the right. I'm better on the right. I think they know that. That's where they're putting you on the left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's see how you react. But it's funny how a kid may think, man, if I can just be allowed to do what I do best, they, they'll see. Well, this is the NFL. Completely different, man. Maybe at some point you'll get back to doing what you do best or you're so good it doesn't matter. But as of right now, you're a blank slate. Yeah. They're, they're going to put you where they want to put you, and you're going to have to play. Now, don't you have a senior bowl story no, of your own? No, I'm not telling you that story. We're not telling that story? No, Are no. Are you sure? No. it's a good story. No, I'm not telling that story. Uh, I'm still kicking myself. <laughs> I am. I'm I mean, especially, and I'd never been to the senior bowl until I went with Matt. Yeah. And now I get it. Mm -hmm. I, that's where if you want to be one of those guys right. or rocket up the charts, that's where it happens. In Mobile, Alabama. In Mobile, Alabama. There's some yeah. good food down there in Mobile, isn't there? Good seafood. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Great seafood. Yeah. There's also a Whataburger. Oh, my God. Man, he had the whole place mapped out for Whataburger. <laughs> I'm telling you. We talked to every single person. Every person we met in Mobile, we talked about Whataburger. Really? Oh, yeah. Even at other restaurants. That obsessed, huh? I just needed it. I didn't even get it until the last day when I, I had to drive past the airport in my 15-passenger van. Oh, yeah, that's another story. And I went to Waterbury and was just hanging out by myself, and I was like, this is the way to end this trip. This is how it's going to go. I thought he had saw, like, a mugging or a wreck because we're, you know, it's like it was late. We're going to our hotel. Yeah. Kind of frustrated. He starts banging on my I'm like, what? What's wrong? Waterburger, man. Waterburger. <laughs> <laughs> Happy, okay. Okay. It closes at 11. <laughs> 24 hours, baby. Oh, that was 24 a 24-hour one. That's that the one. That was a 24-hour yeah. one. All right, so the only time I've ever had Whataburger was when we were in Dallas this year, and I had um, like a honey bis cheddar, honey biscuit, whatever. HBCB. Honey cheddar what? breakfast. No, HCB. Honey. Did he take you? No. Oh. Went with a couple of Honey butter chicken biscuit. Yes, it there was a go. honey butter chicken biscuit. I did not actually have the burger. I had a steak when we were in Dallas, though. That was delicious. Big you steak had a steak guy. at Whataburger? No, 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 oh, no. Oh, you no, went no. to a restaurant. And I'm had saying a steak. I had a restaurant. I went to a restaurant and oh. had a steak instead of going to Whataburger oh, for like okay. dinner or something. How was the biscuit? It was fine. Yeah. It, it was good. Okay. I mean, I, it was. I don't know. To each I his was, own. It was. It was brought up He's to me. He's looking as like don't miss Whataburger. It's the collection of it all that you, okay. you need to just absorb the entirety of the Whataburger it, experience. Yeah. I mean, like you were dedicated to your burger spot. Yeah. It. It was the 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 honey butter cheddar biscuit. What Chicken, biscuit. Chicken biscuit. Chicken biscuit. HBCB. Right. Yes. The HBCB was brought up to me as if it would be like the best thing ever, and I ate it, and I was like, well, I would prefer to have Chick-fil-A in this moment. Okay. Well, yeah, but it's like more of a, a dessert than a – it's not like a meal. It was – we had it for breakfast. A chicken biscuit is dessert? I mean, it's the afterthought. It's not why you go to Whataburger. Oh, it just okay. The, the people I was with seemed to think it was Not the specialty. No, like I'm not. Way. So I've yeah. not really had like. Everybody. But you're not allowed to leave there without one. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you're not it's, allowed to leave Whataburger like a without a biscuit. Yeah. It's like it's like in a goodie bag, basically. Not okay. really, but oh, all you right. ne you need to get it. Like that's it's part of the. All right, experience. so I've had like one half of the Whataburger okay. experience. I will still probably be an In-N-Out loyalist till the day I die, because I do love In-N-Out. It's what a hamburger's all about. In, in fairness, I was totally against In-N-Out when I came out here. I was all aboard the Whataburger train. I like In-N-Out just as much. 
but I can't give one over the other because they have, they're different parts of my life, you understand? Yes, I do. Right there with you. Well, it's like the way I feel about Shake Shack versus In-N-Out, you know? Like, I, I love Shake Shack. I think it's great. There's a Shake Shack in the Delta Terminal, apparently, of, um, of LAX, which I did not really? know until I was in it. And then we had to go to the, this is when we were going to Orlando for the Pro Bowl. I guess this is a good segue. Um, <laughs> but there's the Shake Shack, and then we had to go to uh, the uh, International Terminal, because for whatever reason, yeah, that's yeah. where the Orlando flight was going out of, so I did not get Shake Shack, so I could meet all my other colleagues. And instead, wow. I had Umami Burger, which was just okay, because it's in the airport. Nice. Okay. But you know what? Also, I did try, have you ever heard of this? There's this, uh, it's called the Impossible Burger. Have you ever heard no. of it? The Impossible so, Burger. Yes. So I, well, I went to Chicago in my vast travels over the last two weeks, and I, um, I was visiting a couple friends. Um, but we went to Imami Burger, and we have this Impossible Burger because it, it's what basically it's um, two uh, vegan patties. I think it's made of wheat and soy, and then they put like this other chemical in it to make it taste like meat. But uh, to make it, yeah, to make it taste of meat. But the texture is such that you can kind of tell it's not meat. But these patties yeah. are very thin. They're like um, um, steak and shake patties. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so they just put it on a burger. And like so the idea is that it tastes so much like meat that it's impossible that it's oh. not meat. So, But yeah, okay. I tried one of these impossible burgers, and nice. it was fine. Nice. It was actually, it was like a decent meal. It didn't make me feel... I, as I don't know, if one is it gross as you know one does yeah, when yeah. one usually eats meat, but like it was decent. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would have one in L.A. if somebody wants to take me to a mommy burger. Impossible burger. I'll yes. try that. You next should. Time. You should definitely try, try it. Try I think you would like time. it. Okay. All right. But anyway, so Pro Bowl. So yeah. that was my first time there at the Pro Bowl um, in Orlando, and I think it was it's a good experience for different guys to get to go. It was yeah. cool to see Jared there for the first time, Todd there for the second time. Somebody like Farrah Cooper, you know, in there as a kick returner, he gets to go, and Whitworth was <laughs> actually named a captain for yeah. that NFC squad. <laughs> no and, shock. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. because he's <laughs> He's old. a captain. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah and he's <laughs> been there. I shouldn't say old. Like, people in their 30s aren't old. But, like, he's older, and he's been around the league. Yeah, and that's it's old. something that... <laughs> that's old in football. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of. <laughs> but, like, Hecker is there, yeah, too. Yeah. So it's just... I thought that was really cool to see all those guys down there with their families and to sort of get to experience that different aspect of that it. That is cool to have your, your helmet, your jersey, your, your franchise, your team represented. Yeah. You know, with the best. Uh, when those guys are having fun and they're on TV. And I think that's what it's all about, just having fun now. Yeah. Um, it's, it should be. Yeah. Because football is a dangerous game. You know what I mean? And it's like, in, yeah. in this situation, you just you don't want anybody to get hurt. Just well, just go out and have a good time. Miles, I'm making you commissioner for the next five minutes. Okay. You rule professional football. Oh, wow. I'm so, uh, I feel so powerful. Okay, good. Among other things that I would ask you to do. Can I go on the private jet in this next Absolutely. You got everything. <laughs> I would say this. You can't fix the Pro Bowl because, like you said, football is just too dangerous. Yeah. And you're talking about a bunch of all-stars playing one more game. Mm -hmm. That doesn't matter. Is there a way that you could eliminate the game part of the Pro Bowl? Or how would you? Or can you? I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what exactly the right fix is. No but one I can does. tell you, yeah, no, I know. I can tell you during the week, um, and when you're just kind of standing out there at practice, and like I saw a secondary, like Earl Thomas, Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson, and Marshawn Lattimore were all out there. I was like, oh my God. 
God. I mean, that's right. It's like, it I, like drool. I, I like, love it God, on paper. If this were a real game, like, oh my goodness. Right. But it's not. No. And it can't be. Yeah. You know. And, and the rules are. So, you. I mean, it's. It's. There's so much you can't do defensively. Right. Yeah. So it's not really a game. It's just a glorified exhibition. Yeah. I can. Tell Is that you, really fun to watch? No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't know. Right. And especially when it's like it's it was monsooning down there oh, when yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. basically when uh, the game was going on, so that was kinda of miserable for some of our producers that yeah, were out yeah. shooting video. Well but I mean it is what it is. As long as it still pulls ratings and guys still like to do it, then yeah. I don't think there's any way around it. Yeah. Yeah. Just but, don't go there expecting a real game. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was fun um was sort of the skills challenge and it was yeah. fun to see Goff compete in that and it was kind of unfortunate that like he was one point away. And he was the first one to go. Yeah. So, um, and I was sort of watching it in the stands as it was going on, but, like, Goff was pretty accurate on those things. And he yeah. had, he almost hit another target um, that would have broken it and that conceivably would have won it for him. But it was fun to watch him do that, compete in that. And, you know, then, so he goes first, and then Derek Carr goes, and then Carr gets one more point than him, and that, that's kind of the <laughs> That's end funny. Of it. But right. yeah. Goff got 20, Russell Wilson got, like, 8. So the wow. Rams beat the Seahawks. That's not so bad. Right, right. I think that's the most important thing. Um, no, I, I mean, you love having a Pro Bowl running back, yeah. punter, everybody that's there. But having a quarterback being represented in the Pro Bowl, that means things are pointing up for your football team. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that is for sure. Um, one thing I do want to mention is that the Rams are now going to have to have some different coaches. Um, and one big departure, which we kind of didn't necessarily anticipate happening, was Matt LaFleur going to the Tennessee Titans to become um, their offensive coordinator under Mike Vrabel. He did interview for that job, for the head coaching job there, um, and then there were reports that Vrabel was trying to hire, I think, Ryan Day out of Ohio State to come mm-hmm. down to be the offensive coordinator. That clearly did not work out, and so um, Sean McVay, allowed Matt LaFleur out of that contract here for what is a lateral move on paper but is in, in terms of title. But it really is a promotion for Matt LaFleur because he will now get to call plays for the Tennessee Titans. Well, uh, let's say the Rams make the NFC Championship or go beyond they're in the Super Bowl this season. Yeah. That was the Rams uh, instead of Philadelphia. They win. You start talking about the Rams in 2017 on offense. Who's the first name? You bring up Sean McVay, right? In Tennessee, if you have a similar run with Mike Vrabel at head coach, and the offense is leading the charge, who are you talking most about? Matt Lafleur. Then your next step from there is probably head coach. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's lateral, but there's more upside there. Absolutely. Yeah. If you can if you could figure out how to get Marcus Mariota, where you got Jared Goff this past season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think those head coaching doors probably open up a little faster. Absolutely, and yeah. that, that was part of the, the reason why McVay um, has said in a couple of different quotes, I think I saw this um, from Jim White at TitansOnline.com, he, he was talking to McVay, I think, on the red carpet and at NFL Honors, and McVay really said, you know, this is what people open doors for me mm-hmm. in order to, be, to get to where I am, so why would I not do the same thing? For Matt Lafleur, you know, allow him to g- advance in his career so that you know he can go be I the wouldn't. best he can be. I wouldn't. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Stay right here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No I one mean, leaves until we win the Lombardi. I think you know, <laughs> in, in a personal level, I mean, McVay and Lafleur. I know that I know this from you know just being around. Like, yeah. they're, they're pretty close, so yeah. I can imagine that on a personal level, yeah, you want not only your great colleague but your friend probably to be around. Yeah, but. You know, this as, is what you as want. a professional, yeah. yeah. 
you you allow that guy to go get more experience and well, to go be the best he can be. That's what you would do. I need no. I'm keeping all the great <laughs> coaches with me. Absolutely. I don't know. Yep. I'm saying no. Even before I answer the phone, no. Yeah. May I talk to you? Hell no. <laughs> On a personal level, I too am upset that Matt Lafleur is gone because Matt Lafleur was my my vest buddy. Was he really? Yes, oh, we I had we had the same vest. So oh wow, Lafleur, I know you will never ever hear this, but I, I will miss you. I hope he does a great job. <laughs> yeah, in Tennessee. I, I think so yeah, too. Look, I hope he does I, a great he's job there. he's a good coach, and you know what? This is going to be great for Marcus Mariota because I think you look at what Mariota did last year. There's clearly room for improvement. And Mariota is as talented, I think, as any young quarterback in this Oh, game. yeah, yeah. And, and with what he can do with his arm and his legs. So, He's, And LaFleur yeah. is a really good quarterback's coach. He has a history of doing great things. So I, I wish those guys nothing but And Derrick Henry. I wonder what he does with Derrick Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Could be the next hammer in the AFC. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. What you got, man? I'm just going to miss Sean McVay accidentally calling my office phone looking for Matt LaFleur and me <laughs> dialing it. Did I never tell you the story? No, I've never heard the story. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, okay. So... I never use my office phone because who's trying to talk to me? Why and why and, we are all within right a, within earshot. Yeah. So um, I see I have a missed call one day. I come back from lunch, and it just says the extension number of who called, and I'm like, I don't know who that is. So I hit redial, and it says dialing Sean McVeigh, and I was like, Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I hung up so quick. I hung up so quick, and. Um, yeah, I was just really trying to figure out why Sean McVay would have called me, I'm assuming, looking for Matt LaFleur. Wow. So. That's great. <laughs> Actually, he was looking for you, and you never called him back. Yeah. I, that was See? my one shot, I guess. Yeah, that's it. I, I yep. missed it. Right. And now you will, um, you'll never have it again. Yeah, he asked me about it. He said, what's wrong with Matt? I called him, he didn't call me back. <laughs> 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 oh, man. wow. Something yeah. about a bag of money? I, I, anyway. <laughs> here. Um, but with LaFleur's departure, it means that Aaron Cromer, offensive line coach, has been promoted to run game coordinator, mm-hmm. which is a title he actually held when he was with the Saints, I think from 20, 2008 to 2012. I might have gotten those years a little bit wrong, but he, he held that title of run game coordinator and offensive line coach, and he was really involved in you know, put, putting in the blocking schemes for the run game that had Todd Gurley finish at second in the league in rushing yards last year anyway. So and in some ways, this is a little bit of a promotion, but I don't know how much necessarily new he's going to be doing. We'll definitely have to ask Sean McVay about that um, in the coming weeks. But also Shane Waldron, tight ends coach, been promoted to passing game coordinator. So that's something that I think is going to be interesting, just seeing – the way mm. Waldron will work with Sean McVay in terms of implementing the game plan and all kinds of things like that. I'm just guessing it's probably you have the same responsibilities and just add a few more as in. You're going to have to stand up in front of the team mm-hmm. and introduce what you're doing for the week. Yeah. You know, that that sort of stuff. Maybe that was LaFleur's job. Now it's now your job. Yeah. So um, it, it seems like it's not that big of a deal, but, I mean, it can be for certain guys. It might be. Yeah, who you coach better know. in this environment. Right. Now you have to face this amount mm-hmm. if you want to coach now. So it's just a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. but it's also this um, – McVay mentioned this before, too, about promoting from within. Mm-hmm. You know, that he said that's the way um, the Rams want to be able to do things because it means that you're empowering coaches that you already have and that you're keeping some continuity – within the team so that you're not just introducing a bunch of new people that you know people don't already know. The Rams did hire Jed Fish, uh, former U- UCLA excuse me, um, 
offensive coordinator, also worked you know as QB's coach there, and took over as interim head coach after they parted ways with Jim Mora. And obviously he had a lot to do with developing Josh Rosen um, for this year and how we all know Josh Rosen is probably going to be one of the top two quarterbacks, if not top three, drafted um, in April. So it's another good offensive mind that the Rams have added onto the staff. So that's that's another positive. And now that Greg Olson has gone um, from quarterbacks coach here to um, offensive coordinator in Oakland, and then now you also have LaFleur going to offensive coordinator in Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be change. Uh, and it's hopefully it's change in the right way. Like you said, guys either – get similar jobs or they get better jobs or yeah. put in position for better jobs. What you don't want is a guy who, like you said, would you call it instead of they fired Mora, they parted ways. I did, I a did guy you parted ways. ways with. He's so polite. I love it. Um, Sometimes. To be out of work. Yes. Period. I mean, that's, yes. you're just not good enough for this level. That's what you don't want. You mm-hmm. want guys moving on. So, And then you plug in the next good coach or potentially great coach into your staff, into your system, and you keep the ball rolling. Right, yeah. yeah. And one thing Jared Goff said, um, I think this was, he said it to Gary Klein of the LA Times, that what, after McVay's gone, McVay's gone through now his first year, he knows the mm-hmm. ropes, he knows everything, and he said that with LaFleur and, and Olsen having departed, that he might, Gary Goff might get spent some more one-on-one time with McVay in terms of implementing game oh, plans and, and doing things like Poor that. Poor Jared. Poor Jared. Oh, God. <laughs> you want to spend an offseason with your head coach? Not necessarily, Woo. like, in the off. I don't think it was necessarily in the offseason, and I don't even think that that's legal anymore under the new CBA, but I think more or less in, in um, OTA's offseason oh. program, training camp during the week. I just picture, like, Ronda Rousey's mom. Have you heard those stories about how she no. trained Ronda Rousey? Like, uh-uh. she would just jump in the bed when she's, like, knocked out sleeping <laughs> and put her in an arm bar. <laughs> And, like, scream, armbar, how do you get out? And you're dead asleep. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, picture Sean McVay, like, coming into Jared Screaming at 3 a.m. It's third down and seven. <laughs> right, right. What are you going to do? You know, that dresser on the right. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, that sort of stuff. I mean, but, I mean, more time with, with Sean McVay for Jared Goff. Uh, look. They have to form that connection anyway. They yes. have to be tied at the hip. They have to be almost married. Uh, you think of Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy, and uh, Tom Brady, Josh McDaniels. Those Sean two guys Payton, Drew Brees. are on the same page. Yep. They're of the same mind. They see the field the same way. So uh, the faster that connection happens between play caller, head coach, quarterback, the better the team's going to be. But 24-7, that's all this guy thinks about is football. Yes, that, oh, yeah. now that, that's true. I mean, my goodness, Wow. I, you'd have to fly like around the world to get away from him. Probably. Your vacation would be like in Tibet. <laughs> <laughs> Just no phones. Nothing. No email. And he might no still nothing. find you. <laughs> Jared, I was just thinking of this place. And you just get a note. He helicopters in. <laughs> wow. I love to make this like a kind of skit. You know, like where does Sean McVay uh, find Jared Goff? Everywhere. On a boat. <laughs> That's actually really right. funny. Um, so we're almost done here. I th- I've, we've gone through all the different things about um, that I kind of had to say on, on my little list. That's all you got? Uh, wow. Actually, you know what? No, we didn't. Um, what's next when it comes to football is the, the next heading. You got decisions, man. Yes. You got choices to make. That's exactly um, what I, I put there. I mean, Alden Gonzalez of ESPN wrote yeah. that this week, you know, that there are three guys – that the Rams will likely have to make decisions on who continue, who currently have contracts. And what he, the point Alden was making is that 
look, you've got guys like Tavon Austin, Robert Quinn, Mark Barron, and there now might be some question marks around surrounding their future with the Rams based on what their contracts are. Mm -hmm. and those are just three guys that, you know, they, based on the contracts, it might make sense that the Rams might have some questions to answer with that. But also, you've got guys like Tremaine Johnson, like LaMarcus Joyner, like Nikel Roby Coleman, mm. who are all going to be free agents um, once the, the clock hits March, four, March 14th, you know, and yeah. the new league year starts. And those are also guys you have to think about. The, the, the part of the reason why you see so many mock drafts with the Rams selecting a member of the secondary at number 23 overall. It's because of number 22. Yes. Yeah, I yes. know. Yes, and because, you know, you also have Joyner and Roby Coleman who might be elsewhere in theory if they don't get locked up. Uh, to me, you got to put a fence around LaMarcus Joyner. Yes. Literally and figuratively. I mean, the guy is fit to be tied on game day. Mm -hmm. He's as calm as you can get off the field, but on the field, the guy is a menace. And I think he's in position to become one of the better free safeties in the game. I agree. The way he plays. So I think he has earned that. Um, it's funny. When you had a choice between Tremaine and another safety a couple of years ago, it was, uh, what was his name? He went to... Janoris Jenkins? No, nope, that's corner. corner. No, safety. You mean T.J. McDonald TJ. the cloud? Yeah, it was T.J. at one point. Do you keep the safety or the corner? I said keep the corner, no doubt. Ah. Now it's corner and free safety. Well, you 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 must keep you're, the free safety. You're 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 saying your decision was between Trumaine and Rodney McLeod then? Not McLeod. It was. Uh, oh my God. T.J. McDonald. T.J. No, but I, I think you're talking about the 2015 offseason. That one was Rodney McLeod. Not Rodney. Last year was T.J. McDonald. T.J. And signed with Miami. Right. So are you talking yes. about last year? Yes. Okay. Did I say two years ago? I just was trying You're to make sure. confusing me I, now. I was just trying to make sure we're on the same page. I, I still don't know if we are. I, no, we got to call time out. No, we are. We are. It was, it's, it's look, um, LaMarcus is a guy you must have back. Right. Yes. Uh, there, that, if, yes. There is, there is no ifs, ands, or buts. And if there was a competition in years past between this corner and this safety or this guy, and I would lean towards the corner. Okay. Now it's different. Yes. I'm leaning towards the free safety. I got are you. Are we on the same page now? Yes, we are absolutely yeah. on the and same Yeah, and that's page. not to say I wouldn't want Tremaine Johnson back. I just don't know what the numbers are going to look like mm -hmm. and who's going to offer him what. Right. Yeah, um, so we'll find that out at some point, but you can't have LaMarcus leave the building, in my opinion. Oh, you also have a guy like Sammy Watkins. You know, you yeah. talk about guys for the who are candidates maybe for the franchise tag. LaMarcus, I think, would be one of them. Watkins might be another simply because you did trade your second-round pick in order to in, in this upcoming draft in order to get that guy from Buffalo. So, right. in fact, that's your second-round pick this year, and you got to keep him around, right? I wonder what, that, what that's going to cost. The friend, I don't know. I wonder what that is going to cost. I mean, th these are all the choices that you're going to have to make at some point. Mm -hmm. But it's a cold, hard business, man. And it, it's it, like for guys like Aaron Donald, it's it's people. You're you're not mad at people. You're mad at a piece of paper. Right. You're mad at your contract. Yes. And your contract has your name on it. Mm -hmm. So the one thing that you can't beat. It's just the business side of football. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes all you can do is just play your butt off and wait your turn. Mm -hmm. And eventually it's going to happen. Like I said, with Aaron Donald, his run of dominance is just beginning. So it's not going to run out or he's not going to outplay or not be in position to get paid at some point. Sure. Yeah. It, it's going to happen for him. It just may not be now. That's just the way it goes. But it could be now. It could be now. 
It's certain, he certainly earned it. No doubt. And he's going to keep earning it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another one of those decisions that the Rams are going to have to make right. over the course of this offseason. So, should be fun. I mean, any yeah. parting shots before we let the people go here? No. I'm, I'm confused about Whataburger, but that's okay. Confused about Whataburger. There's a chicken biscuit that's actually dessert. It's not really a dessert, but it's just like, that's how you cap the meal off. So, I cap off a, a burger and Or fries. a patty melt or, yeah. With a chicken biscuit. Yeah. I can't Is there say a hospital ever... near every Whataburger? <laughs> <laughs> just a cot, man. I just need a cot. Oh, my God. Wow. That's okay. Funny. Jeez. Is there a hospital near every Whataburger? <laughs> There's not one near every In-N-Out. That's what a hamburger is all about. And with that, <laughs> for our producer, Matt, for DeBucco Far, I'm Miles He's Simmons. Hungry. Thanks for tuning in to Between the Horns. We will see you next time. <laughs>